Good day to all our listeners in Bulawayo and Zimbabwe and all around the world. This is Women's News Beat, a weekly program that gives our take as women on topical issues happening in the world around us as shared in the news and on social media. Today, for the first time, we are on Sky's Metro FM. Yay! Esabantu <laughs> in partnership with Esama Kosigazi, that's Ama Kosigazi FM for you. We are honored to have this opportunity to share our views on topical issues with Abantu Baigiti. Girls, we're on Sky's Metro. How does it feel? It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Please behave yourselves. Okay, we'll try. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Busin Lovu. I'm the co-host of the show. They are laughing because earlier when I said I'm Busin Lovu. Yes, I'm Busin Lovu, baby. <laughs> Love is my father's name, and I still treasure it, ladies. I'll ask them to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Samge Sochuma, Samge Business. Singonyati here. Natasha Marara, hello. Juicy stories like every week. Today, my attention was caught by a tweet from the Norton MP Tembam Liswa, which read, I'm at the Chinese tile factory where they've blocked my car to stop me from going out. There's been a rampant abuse of workers' rights and no one is standing up for them. And there's a lot of talk around this tweet. We all know China has had a growing interest in Africa. They've been investing in a lot of things. And our former president, Robert Mkabe, said we're now looking east in China was his focus now this is all good and welcome but my question for you ladies is has all this investment into africa been good or is at the expense of our people's human rights and their resources what do you think well first and foremost i i don't want to sound biased but i think chinese culture generally they don't they don't um, respect black people everywhere where i've gone I've, I've done a lot of trading with Chinese people and what are the treatments that I've seen, particularly just across the border in Botswana, for the past, for more than 10 years, I've, I've had, I've experienced um, the treatment of, of Chinese people to black people and what I can say is that they have no respect for, for black people and they, they are there to gain something so where they've invested or where they've done trade or business, where they're giving to the people. It's more about what are they benefiting, and it's more like they have to benefit more. I don't know what they've given back to society wherever they've been. So it's a marriage of convenience for them, for them. of sorts. Yeah. So are we not getting something back? Look, I think they've done well in terms of infrastructure in the mining industry. But at the same time, there's the labor issues that will keep coming up. They exploit workers. And I recall last year, there was a, a video that actually went around in Zambia where this guy would actually lock his um, workers inside the warehouse when he was going out. It's until uh, neighbors around the warehouse started investigating what was happening, why this guy would come out and then there's nobody being seen in the vicinity. When he comes back, suddenly there's these people and they got police involved and they found out that he actually would lock his workers inside. But now the problem is with us Africans, we are so timid. I don't know why. Because these guys just did not want to say anything. Now when they were being asked, what is happening? They said they were scared of losing their jobs. Yeah, th th that's what the problem is. It's because people wanted to keep their jobs. It's an issue of, of, of bread and butter here. 
So can we blame them that they didn't say anything? The issue is with the Chinese, not with the people that we've been perpetrated. So if I'm scared to lose my job, am I going to come out and say something? I'm not. So guys, if okay. this is not the first time, because I read a similar thing in Kenya, why are we still allowing the Chinese to come and do as they will? Some you want to say something? Oh, I wanted to say I agree with Usmoguti. When it comes to the Chinese, they look out for their own interests. Mm -hmm. So as you say, like I've never heard of, even infrastructure, I've never heard of Uti China went to a certain country and they they built anything you know it's more of them taking whatever like equality or diamonds and going back to their countries and that, i feel like the government is not protecting its own people in, they've built apparently bridges where uh, malls in where? zimbabwe where? i know where? in zimbabwe they built some but these malls are in Harare, guys but these are substandard and they're given tenders like the wind tenders yeah. that tina is the community but they also leave equipment like mine where equipment. where guys tell you something what the mine involved towns yes I don't dispute that they're okay, getting more, equipment, but I'm saying, would the development that we are seeing here, given our economic challenges, be happening if they they were not saying, okay, give us something and we'll come and put something okay, else Okay, when you guys are saying, Guti, there's development that comes from Chinese, like, oh, my infrastructure equipment, where exactly? Because now what I've seen is them building substandard malls, those those Chinese markets. For example, there's That's one building in Harare the, that I the know. The Shangani Gwai Dam. They they contribute. But did they, they make di distribute? They make money. I agree. I'm saying they do gain something, but what I'm saying is they gain a lot at at some form of development for Zimbabweans. Because wouldn't we would we be building as much if they were not saying we're willing to give you money for something in return? Are we building as much? Would we be building anything? I mean, if if the government is giving you economy. the money to build, why would we not be able to build? Because they're not doing the, they're not doing whatever they're doing for free. Those people that give given... often they come with a loan of sorts. They'll say we'll give you maybe fifty million to build this. We'll bring our equipment. We'll bring our workers. We'll choose who works there. But in return, you guys can pay us over say 10, 20 years in gold and diamonds. Ah, uh, but that's how some of those care. contracts are. Like you said initially, you said there's a, an increase in in Chinese interest in African countries. That's what we should actually be asking ourselves. Why are the Chinese people so interested in Africa? Because they know that they I can get away with like everything. Every, every other first world country, they're interested in Africa because we've got all the natural resources. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But so maybe Minimum. what we should be thinking about is putting our policies in place mm -hmm. to protect our people. Yeah. Where we benefit as a people of Africa, as a people in Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. Just also give you an example. In Botswana, I think you know that everybody who does business in Botswana who are in the flea markets in Zimbabwe and Zambia, the, rule, the laws there is that if they get there, they are given papers for two years. They, they, they can trade there for two years. After two years, they are supposed to go back to their country. So I think we should, as Zimbabweans, consider that. Remember, it's not even just about Chinese. We also had an issue with Nigerians mm -hmm. for a number of years until immigration actually took, took a stand and deported a lot of them. So it's people coming to exploit and not to give back. Bad. Mm -hmm. But the truth, guys, is someone is getting paid at the top. Yeah, so, because all these complaints have come year yeah, after year, but nothing yeah. has happened. The Chinese bring their goods tax-free from what I hear. They don't pay import tax. Uh, they sell anything. their goods. They don't want to sell in bonds. They want U.S. dollars. I remember at one point when the bond came back, they said, no, we don't want bonds. We're getting U.S. dollars. And they don't bank at Zim banks. They, they keep their money in houses. So for me, it's about our government. We know that in African countries, they bring their worst quality. 
actually when when you go onto the website there's an option for America goods that will be taken to Grade America a, and Grade the UK a. and then there's America goods, as well. Yes. So, so we get the chaff. You, um, mm-hmm. What quality do you want? Yeah. So anyway, I think wrapping up our call is to government to protect its people. To make sure they go and monitor these places and like you say i think a time limit as to how long they work here and also what are they giving back if they're getting us dollars where are they banking what taxes are they paying and things like that i would also want to see what they're doing now in their shops because they demanded us dollar Mm -hmm. unfortunately i haven't been in one of the shops yeah, one of the Chinese shops yeah. to Let's see and observe. I, I, I applaud Temba Mlisa for going to monitor. Yeah. Our MP oh, should yeah. do that more. So, props to him oh, yeah. for, you yeah. know, standing up for his people. Mm-hmm. So, we'll take a musical break and when we come back, we're going to another issue. Well, this week it's not about what caught my eye, but I think every Zimbabwean has been affected by the banning of the multi-currency trading in the country. And people are saying it's a good thing. Some people are saying it's bad. So the whole point is what Mtulinuga is trying to do from what I think is that he's trying to get people to bring in foreign currency, the US dollar, into the banking system by banning the, the multi-currency trading. But what effect does it have on the business people who are actually export, uh, importing? Because if they are importing, they need to have foreign currency. And if they cannot access that foreign currency and they are not getting it from the public, can they provide or can they supply whatever they are supplying to the public? That is what I wanted to ask. Mina, for me, to be honest, this is like uh, Catch-22. On the one hand, I like the fact that there were goods available and you could go into any store and get things from South Africa and all that because these shops could import using US dollars. But because my salary is in bond... Mm-hmm. And not hard bond yeah. transfer. transfer okay. I couldn't go to the bank and queue for 30 hours to get my salary. So it was difficult. Where would I get the US dollars to buy? But I like the fact that there is an option. Most shops would allow you to buy whether in board, eco cash, swipe, or US dollars. So on days when I did have the US dollars, for me, that was good. Because also it went a very long way. But now the problem was in those people like your landlords, uh, maybe construction companies and others, that would say strictly U.S. dollars. That became the problem. Okay, the, the reintroduction of, of the Zimbabwean dollar. How much faith does you know, the global <clears throat> village have in that? Because my, my, my challenge is that we're introducing this currency, we're banning the multi-currency, but are we going to be able to trade as individuals? I, I suppose some get business Um, Do you know what? For me, like as Busi said, we, we have to think beyond the US dollar, the value and whatever, but most of us, we're, we're getting paid in bonds, guys. So I can't afford to pay rent. In US dollars, because now I was now charged the rent in US dollar. I, I don't get paid in US dollars, so I understand why people are they are angry. But um, in multi currency, but you know what? As a country, we need to have our own currency. You know, this wasn't going to be sustainable in the long run, because even if you look at the US dollar prices, they are not right. You know, they are not justifiable. Like Besibulalana is Zimbabwean. So I mean, I feel like the government and Umtuli they should have introduced. 
the Zimbabwean dollar in a way that all of us understood in a gradual manner and and teach people about it. You know what? This is what we're planning. When uh, they come and said, Ruti, uh, before the year ends, an we'll, introduce, yeah, we'll introduce him dollar. Overnight, then, bam, uh, we're being taught. So I feel like that's where uh, we have this, you know, argument. But you know what? We're not saying, Ruti, we don't want our currency back. But there should, be, there should be a process and the way that's done. Because the currency, remember, is all about the confidence and the trust. And it's one thing that we don't have right now. And about the market, they're going to be taken advantage of. Because you know, so we needed education on on sim dollar what it means and how it's going to work i i feel like we have to buy into it because at the end of the day for the currency to work is the trust that we have in that currency that's so, very true so we still we need our our currency guys because i mean which other countries are about to see us dollar rand pula and whatever so we they have to find a way For to me, educate the, so the other society. thing was what it was introduced against a civil servants problems and how many civil servants do we have yeah because they are the ones that Ntuli was trying to protect mm-hmm. but anyway. i don't know if you guys saw this tweet where um some people are saying Guti, the teachers association or the servants civil servants association they actually spoke to the to ed about it that's why they they said to remove the multi-currency and i thought okay. so i think i think tina our government has failed us in so many ways mm-hmm. they change things overnight and they expect us to just come back they are like a husband a narcissistic husband mm-hmm. today we're doing this and yeah. you just have to follow i'm not i'm not given a chance to adapt and change to this whole thing so they need to go back to the way they do their administration how do we bring down like what someone said how do we bring bring this down into layman's understanding to say this is what we're gonna do. They had said they'll bring it end of the year. Mm-hmm. Hello, mm-hmm. we are in July, it's not even end of the year. We are six months to exactly. go. Exactly. And the most painful part for me is that the banks were not even ready. On Monday, yeah. Tuesday, you'd go to the bank wanting money and they tell you stories about uh, we're still uh, fixing the system, we're still trying to see how it goes. How do you do that? The greatest challenge was the fact that they, they made these changes, right? But then all service providers had pegged their prices against the US dollar. So they, the rate dropped in the parallel market. But, but then the prices, prices remained. Yeah. You see? So if you were still earning 500 bond and the prices were against the US dollar, the prices actually some, some like pharmacies, they shot their prices up against the US dollar, one is to 15. So like a packet of, of I went to a pharmacy, and a pharmacy and I wanted to buy um, Brufen. Brufen is a dollar, US dollar, like for 10 in, in a packet. But then if you want it in bond, it's 15 bond. So basically this is what the pharmacy, the pharmacies are saying. They are saying according to us, a dollar is equivalent to 15 bond. So if you want a, a, a packet of, of, of Proofen, get it for 15 pound. So that's basically it. So the prices were not altered. We are affected by, by, by these changes. So what's our call, guys? But I, I feel like sometimes as service providers as well, they need to check our prices. About. Sometimes I feel like we take advantage of you know the situation that's happening. Because yeah. like the rate that we're going to use is 6.5. 
So it rent hundred dollars, so the rate is six point five. Wow. Which I feel like you know what? I'm not saying it's okay, but I I I, I think it's better that way. Manje lena sutluti one is to fifteen. I feel like our service providers also take advantage of so the wait, situation. Samu, remember these guys stopped near the eighty to twelve. Remember talk. And that's where I understand from a business perspective. You know, we don't but you know, most of our prices are always inflated. But you know what? Those they've, they've, they've already made their profit. Yes, it most of their profit. If first batch, yeah, Kwanzi. Already, you made your money. But what if you just money. received stock okay. today, Sasa? But you know okay. what? When but you're doing your cost price, big, if you're doing your cost price, most of these people they know what in Zim right now the economy is volatile. So you have to always factor in that. Exactly. And I I promise you all these business people they always factor in. But somehow, so we is cutting it. They they now want to keep inflating the price. Like I would not, uh, guys. Guys, we we're need, taking advantage of. I think for me we Abantu. need to all come together. There is this tripartite. A negotiating forum that government launched a few weeks back where um, civil society, government and I think the public business people would come together and negotiate things like this. So I don't know why government then turned around and decided to do this haphazardly on their own. So may they please come back to us and talk to us can and I, find can out. Can I also say something? Yes. That in the interim, whilst we're waiting for the market to correct itself, hmm. It's still going to promote um, vendors because you find Wutisef inside TM is like two hundred rand, but outside it's like it's like fifty rand. Going to do now, me as an informal trader, I'm going to rush to South Africa, bring in my stock and sell it from the boot of my car. If Zimra will allow you to bring it through without. But you'll definitely but have to pay something. Way. Way to bring this yeah, way. guys, this is a cash 22. So we take another interlude. Listeners, uh, think about this. If you have something to add on, please uh, tweet us on Amakosigazi FM, hashtag Women's Newsbeat. You can also send us something on Facebook on Amakosigazi Media, or you can send us a WhatsApp on 0719-893-120. Tell us what you think about these issues. Was government justified to wake up on a Monday morning and say the Zim dollar is back? Welcome back, listeners. Uh, this is Women's News Beat, and today we're talking about what's been happening around us the currency change, the abuse of workers by Chinese, and Natasha has something else juicy for us. Tasha, what's up? I have an interesting story, and I know it's going to touch a lot of people Christian, non Christian. So, in the past week, social media and online newspapers were buzzing with allegations made against Prophet Walter Magaya that he sexually molested a young girl who at the time was 17 years of age. He apparently adopted this girl and her sister in 2013 because their parents were struggling with fees. In a video clip, the parents to the said victim explain with such emotion what happened to their daughter. But then the young girl who is now married came back with a video done by her and the husband and she claims she wasn't raped but doesn't say anything about the child so it left the parents looking like they are fools or they just wanted maintenance money from this man because it stopped coming so i heard and in this particular story this young girl like i said she doesn't deny being raped but without really pointing fingers on the said men of God, 
for me, it poses questions like, where are the church members and elders when the pastor gets to speak with young girls and boys alone on one-on-one -on -one sessions? How many young people are consenting to such relationships with their men of God all for money? And what are we doing as the church community about such issues or we are flushing the touch not the anointed card? At what point do we bring such predators my first question is not even about the church members and the men of God. It's about these parents. They have the first responsibility to these children. And from what I saw in the video, those are young, strong, decent parents. If things were hard, I'm sure they could have tried something. We in Obabayanzuwitipazabati, please adopt our children and stay with them at your house. Couldn't he help them while they were staying with the parents? And don't we have worse off children that could be looked after? Because from what I'm seeing from that girl, she's uh, healthy looking, strong, educated. So what was it really that Makaya needed to help her out with? I have so many questions about that story. So I think we shouldn't really point out at saying Makaya because there's so many other men of the cloth that have taken advantage of these young children. I've heard different stories. Last week we spoke about the Catholic Church coming up with the Me Too issues. And I'm sure in, in, in we in have Pumbura in prison already exactly. on same allegations. So. And in this past week there was another Nigerian pastor as well who was actually apparently alleged to have been raping young girls and giving them crest. Really. I also want to ask, I just want to pose a question. If if Walter Magaya is guilty, why is he not in prison? This is not the first accusation that has come against him. He has played. Maybe the question is why is he not being investigated? Because for me, why would you want to arrest someone before you investigate him? So the question is what are the authorities no, protecting? No, like when we're asking like this, so we then get to ask him to how authentic are these stories that are being put up against him? Is there not a hand behind it? An invisible hand? The enemy. The enemy. Let's not look at one person. We have so many perpetrators within our church walls. We are quiet as church members looking and hearing all those stories that someone has been molested by the pastor. Um, now with the Magaya story, I feel like we keep hearing different stories because I think someone said the girl came and said she wasn't raped. So I mean, I, I, before I actually comment on this, I think we need the police to investigate then we get the full story a proper true yeah. story then we can have a say because right now we're just because someone actually posted on twitter as well that the lady um the mother supposedly she was once treated i think toilet cancer or something but some disease and she came saying she's healed so i feel like we need more from this because we keep hearing different views and so, so it's, it's, rumors. it's rumors for yeah. now because so the police we haven't had anything did they report the parents yeah. are saying Magaya abused our daughter but we were not there to see the abuse mm -hmm. our daughter says he abused them mm -hmm. then the daughter who is supposedly abused makes another video and mm -hmm. says i wasn't raped so it's hearsay to the parents because they were told they were not there to see mm -hmm. but the one who was there says i wasn't raped but here is the thing again. I'm saying, so what are we supposed to do as a church? 
I'm agreeing with you on what the church has to do. We have to ask the questions. And we have to then have the police investigate. We need the but we cannot unilaterally say he's guilty when no, the victim no. says I wasn't raped. But we also need a statement from him because he's been quiet as well. Hey, sometimes guys, it's hard to respond to things yeah. that long like, oh, I was too happy. Yeah, it's not time. the first time he's been accused. He's been accused of so many but things. But guys, I was gonna say, Uti, with these men of God in quotations, the stories have been so much that Uti, what measures like you're saying are we putting as a people to protect each other in cases of where you have to be alone with a pastor or go for certain uh, duties around him. I remember oh, the late uh, Billy Graham saying as a ministry, they agreed that no man will be with a woman in a room alone except if it's their wife. You were not allowed to be in a room alone with an, a woman if you are married and that woman is not your wife. Why don't our churches do that? Why don't we put a line to say, congregants, but not, but not only that, I actually feel there's a drastic, there are drastic measures that need to be done as far as church, as in holistically in Zimbabwe, is concerned. First and foremost, there's got to be a law that's passed. I personally don't believe that a prophet should have a church. I believe Uguti Church should, should function in the fivefold, five and you should find all the fivefold ministries in one house. So say about deep lap of fivefold, so I'm a little different. Well, no, but the listeners are like, you know what, you know, we don't care about the fivefold ministries. Okay, basically what I'm saying, Uguti, this springing up of churches at every corner, I think actually they should be, it should be regulated. You know what I mean? Uguti, unfortunately, Uguti calling, you cannot regulate, you cannot regulate oh, calling. Yeah. And you cannot come say if, if someone comes and says I'm called to this and to ministry, and then you say I'm not. Mm. But something must be done, and they should involve the fathers that have been there for a while, fathers who have proved themselves faithful, reliable, and men of integrity, to actually formulate laws and policies uh, concerning opening up of churches. So I I, I I remember watching one. Um, men of God and one boy had come to the church who was molested coming from another church by the pastor. So what he openly did was pray for this young boy and then called one of the lady bishops and said, you know what, mother, this child, I want to get reports from you. But this is a boy and you're calling a lady bishop. Yeah. Remember, this boy had been abused by a man. Yeah, so... And this boy had no parents. He was being taken advantage of. So he lacked motherly love. Mm -hmm. So instead of him saying, I will do the mentoring, rather have a woman do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yo, guys, this is difficult. Remember, last thing. week, you guys were actually saying the abuse also happens woman to man. Exactly. Mm -hmm. A woman can molest a young boy. Yeah. So for me, these things, I think the church should just have a structure. If they are going yeah. to help people in need, they should be maybe a home where they are sent. I can't look at a pastor or an individual, but let there be a church structure where you're taking care of these children that need you, or you have a counseling center, not to just take them to the privacy of a person's home where you cannot monitor what they do to these children. That is my take. And I know of a lot of cases where, where 
the girl would deliberately seduce a man. Okay. And I not just one, but more than one. Okay. Person. Since you're saying that, like in the Bible, when jo- when that lady wanted to seduce to Joseph, what did Joseph do? Joseph ran away. So why can't these men of God run away as well? They're not all strong. They are in authority. That's what I was saying last week about harassment. Let's not make excuses for them. You know what? Mina, my argument is if you are in a position of power, you can do something about it. That's why last week I was saying I can't call it harassment when you are a boss and a girl comes to you and seduces you and you agree and you say I was harassed. Because you can do something about it. You can do, you can do something about it whatever you will call it if you are in authority do something about it conspiracy theories anyway guys we need to wrap this one up for another musical interlude but this is something to think about what do you think of these stories around men of god having sexual relations with parishioners or abusing church congregants and how can as a people we protect our people our children and how can the government well or whoever is in authority come in and the church members as well protect their children against this we'll be right back First, before I get to my story, I don't know if you guys saw or heard about Slabangana's tweet. I never saw the tweet, so I've been looking <laughs> the for Slabangana the Slabangana challenge. I saw the Slabangana challenge. Uh, apparently, he said um, any girl who drinks loses her worth. Drinks what? Beer. Alcohol. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyone who drinks beer. <laughs> yeah, we drink tea, we drink so water. The backstory was that this girl tweeted and said, uh, I think she had had alcohol and uh, she wasn't feeling well or something and then this Shabangana guy says you know if you're a woman and you drink alcohol it actually uh, people say it makes you less of a marriage material then people started saying ah so I mean it means I'm not marriage material and they started the hashtag Shabangana challenge because he had a, a series of tweets about what alcohol can do to a person yeah, especially, you know women, I mean, people especially women people attacked Shabangana and I'm not saying I agree with them uh, but the thing is, I've heard men say Wuti, when they go out clubbing, like they'd want to take their girlfriends or their wives and they will not marry those girls. And I, oh, I think like what he said, he said what people have in their own minds, but they're never bought to say it like in public. And then Aukuluma, and then people are attacking him, you know. And I'm like, you know what, these things, people, boys say these things behind closed doors and be like, ah. It sounds like a Sorry, but, Sam. Can I take you back? Is it about clubbing or drinking yeah. alcohol? No, I'm saying Guti. Some men actually say Guti about funufas on Tayancho. But now it's just that when they don't say this thing and it comes out on Twitter. Tabangana said it and it was on Twitter and people started saying, even men, hey, why would you say that? But I'm like, you know what? What Labangana said, most of you men say it behind closed doors. Labangana was saying a woman who drinks in jail loses her worth. But later, I think uh, someone said Uti, he said Uti, and I, that he does not want a woman who drinks, you know, and I, I guess from being SDA and whatever. So I, I'm not saying I agree with him, but I just thought, you know what, this, he started a conversation that we need to have in men yeah. as well. Yes, I think it's worst. like us women, when we say, I don't want a guy who smokes or a guy with yeah. locks and stuff like that. I'm, and we I'm think sure. it's okay. But, yeah. then I but don't now go it's a- off and look for a guy who smokes and start, you just... Yeah. shoving it down no i don't want a guy who takes alcohol mm. i don't want a guy who smokes daha or, or whatever but when i'm now saying okay 
amongst all the guys who are chaffing me. I will look for that one who's got what I'm looking for. I'm not going to go around saying, no, he's not decent enough for me. He's not no, marriage he's, material. No. I think that type of mentality should come to an end. You don't want a chick who drinks, then you stop drinking if you're drinking as well. Okay. I think actually one thing that we should ask ourselves, this will actually surprise you. When, when we now want to look at it the, 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 the proper way. This no, is the no. female version of Klamanga. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm not in agreement with him. Neither am I saying I'm against him. What I'm saying is, so if somebody is going to come and then say, I don't want a woman who drinks, I don't want a woman who drinks. Okay. Then you wouldn't be throwing around. I mean, I, I think yeah, he's coming from his SDA background, you know. So yeah, so I was like, you know what? I won't be offended by this guy because that's what he thinks. Shout out to all the Shabanganas out there. You're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and so, ladies, please, we're not agreeing with Shabangana. We're just saying, you know what? What he said, most men say it behind closed doors. Even the men that you're dating, and they, the, think, they, it. they think it, but they never had the courage I, to say it. My girls, if you've got a dude who understands you, take your side, take your wine, it's okay. <laughs> But I think it's okay. You would you I'll still go back. Okay, ladies, I, I, I read a message. I got a message um, about, I think this person, there's no name whatsoever. But one particular story where a Tetisa Ujoana Mamombe, a Situ Joanna, she stopped lying about um, her miscarriage. At the hands of the police, Situ Joanna Mamombe should should tell people why she got pregnant, who made her pregnant, how did she get pregnant, out of wedlock. Um, her miscarriage probably comes from infection. Condos, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. No, Anna, don't don't unfollow, unfollow me on Twitter, <laughs> please. I need your. No, phone. but honestly, how does someone now start asking you, Wuti, how did you fall pregnant and out of wedlock? Guta, what is she teaching uh, young women out there, Wuti, they can have sex out of wedlock and that protection? And so probably her miscarriage comes from her being infected or the person that she slept with. But I'm just saying, why are you assuming Wuti, uh, why? she... She is had a miscarriage because of or that. Or she mentioning Vele, the... I know, this person, like, it, it became too personal. That is so insensitive. Yeah, it became because too personal. imagine the trauma that she's going through as a woman. Yeah. She had this life growing inside of her, and she was probably connecting with this thing, and then someone just comes up from nowhere. And mm-hmm. maybe that's actually a false accusation. You know, false and... allegation. And that was in a national newspaper, by the way. And who publishes such... Okay, you know what? In public office comes with all this trash, guys. You know that, right? 
You have to. But not from the media. I'd expect that on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter. I wouldn't expect it. Because you don't, you don't expect that my daughter could pick up and. Yeah, because you know what? You never hear this. Um, someone writing this about a man. Like, I feel like women in like in politics. They always get the harshest, harshest yeah, criticism, yeah. you know, they because get the harshest criticism yeah, because a man can say anything. Like I'm a daughter, like they can sleep with hundred women and no one calls, anything. yeah, no one calls them out. But one person says, "Ubele miscarriage," you know, because she's not married. Then now, when uh, what are you teaching our young people? Hey, what happened to morality? But all these men that you're supporting, they have fifty wives, but you're not saying anything. Why is it when it comes to a woman now? The standard not even is changing. Wives, girlfriends. You know, girlfriends. They are busy sleeping with people out of yes, no, go on, advertise <laughs> better men. We need better men. <laughs> Can I read something that annoyed me? He says, um, you might have to prove before the courts of law that you were in good shape before you had the miscarriage. Now you see, we are also forced to drag someone into the murky waters by asking if the sperm that fertilized you was not contaminated too. He's being dragged into your mess by your association. Can you imagine this man is choosing to accuse the, accuse woman, the woman and, the, and the then wants whoever, to protect yes, the, the male? Personal vendetta. You know, and you're like, come on, like, oh. what did women do to you? Thumbs like, down. are you okay? Yeah, yeah this is not right. Down. Yeah, this is the moomish of the week. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, guys, you know, we always argue, yeah. and this continues beyond the recording. Thank you so much for always bringing your juicy stories over. Can you share with us your Twitter handles? Natasha M. Marara. Snow doesn't have so <laughs> uh, some gay business, and I'm a Twitter guy. Also, uh, tweet us on Amakosagazi FM hashtag women's news beat. This has been our seventh episode, and it's been on Sky's Metro FM. Woo! It's we are so excited, yes. But you yes. can still find the us on the, on the podcast if you miss this one live. You can still get us on the podcast. Love you guys. Catch you next Friday. Toodles. Bye. Bye.